Hi Brickies, I'm Dominic, the last one standing with a kink for cannibalism. And I'm Kate, the resident phobia expert who also hears voices. And you're listening to Shit and Bricks. A podcast where we talk shit about stuff that scares us. Ripping a few laughs and survival tips along the way. As always, please subscribe, rate and review us. And don't forget to follow us on the socials at Shit and Bricks Podcast. Like the morning after a night on the curries and cans, here it comes. So drop your ducks, pop a squat and let's get into it. Lasagna and pizza, which one's the best food in the world? Oh, see, I'm a burger gal. Oh, okay. Third. Sorry. Third option. But out of lasagna and pizza, I would choose pizza. Okay. Pizza and burger? Yeah, pizza and burgers. Yeah, for sure. And lucky that you can still get all of those blue tan free. Oh, yeah. Don't we love that? Yeah. Hi, Kate. Hi, Dominic. How's the Puma sponsorship? Look, it's coming along. I figure if I just keep wearing all of their gear, then, um, yeah, I'll, uh, they'll eventually sponsor me. No, I just realized I was wearing all of this because I'm doing um, an exercise Oof. these days. Like you do an exercise each day and apparently it helps you to become health. Mm-hmm. Is that how it works? That's something I read on the internet. So I have been doing an exercise and I've got an exercise after our session today. So I usually wear a hat so that my hair doesn't go in my eyeballs. I usually wear a vest because it's cold in Melbourne and a hoodwa <laughs> so that I can hide my muscles until they're ready to be revealed. Shown. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I love that you're carb loading with your lasagna. Like I am. <laughs> I'm carb loading with lasagna. So it's going to be a treat when I go running. I'm sure that won't be a problem at all. No, it's good point. But you. also why I'm having food at 5.30 p.m. Ah, that makes sense. Well, mm-hmm. Kate's being responsible, folks. I'm sitting here with a giant <laughs> glass of red wine. And, yeah, that's my new normal now. I wish I could be doing that. I will do that this weekend. I uh, am trying to quit vaping. I'm on day four. So, of course, my drinking has gone up. So, you know, it's like... One thing at a time. I can't win. No, because my drinking was at a good level and now I'm just switching it for another bad thing. It's like, (laughs) for fuck's sake, folks, give me one thing. Yeah, yeah, I just need one thing. Although I think, yeah, I'm... That's good for you. you. (laughs) It's good you i love that for you good for you. i love that for you dumb good on you you bloody ripper <laughs> oh well before we get into our usual standard programming i also wanted to share the very funny news if i sound different or if i'm talking different my jaw is slightly locked jawed and not for the fun reason <laughs> i was like no I want to hear this story. I had to have emergency root canal work done yesterday. And I feel like karma's coming back to bite me for making fun of Christopher in that episode. Yes, of dentists. Because, yeah, it was not fun. It's still not fun. I've still got to go back for like two or three more sessions to fix this too. But I will say this. Just to clarify, my teeth are in impeccable condition except this one tooth. And the reason why this tooth is not good is because the dentist that I saw for like 10, 15 years that my family and everyone forced me to go see, even when I didn't want to go see them, he fucked up. He fucked up royally and I called him on it and as a result, one of my teeth is completely fucked and to the point where he had to pay because it's irreparable damage. But it's this fucking tooth that has now fucked up yet again and it all comes back to it being totally mishandled, mistreated, misdone, everything. But the wow. tooth is borderline dead. It's not dead. It's fine. It's I'm being dramatic here. but It's borderline. It's one foot in the grave. Yeah. It's a 35-year-old after a night of drinking. Exactly. It's, that's where it's at. It's No, it's 90 years old Ooh. while it's surrounded by teeth that are... <laughs> 
Yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'm pissed off. I'm angry about it. And this is why I said I'd burn down your fucking dental place if you fuck yes. with my teeth and look what happened. Wow. Okay. So if I hear on the news any um, dentists in Oakley that have set on fire. Yeah, some arsonry. But anyway, mm-hmm. I'm okay, folks. I'm apologizing yet again. But this is our goddamn podcast. We can say what we like and don't yeah. fuck with my teeth. And we can say it the way that we want to say it, which is with a locked jaw today. So, and I'm also just finishing off my lasagna. So you get to cop me with a mouthful of food. You get to cop Dom with a mouth that doesn't open properly. Yeah, It's just all happening. Mm. Anyway, we're five minutes in. Let's do some real quick whip around. Keeping our house. Keeping Keeping. Thanks, Kate. Okay. No worries. Real quick, folks, please go check out all our socials. TikTok, Instagram are our favorite, shitten.bricks.podcast. If you'd like to talk to us, email us at shitten.bricks.podcast at gmail.com. While you're at it, please go check out our Patreon and give us, you know, even just a little coffee, money, whatever mm-hmm. it is that you can spare helps us a really long way. And you get free content, bonus content every week now. Yep, every week. We've worked it out, guys. So We have figured it out. Kate did it last week with some extra tidbits at the end, which if you're not a Patreon, you're missing out, and it was some funny, funny shit. There was some funny shit in there. There's some handy. It's always about learning. You'll learn something. Um, even if you didn't want to learn about that topic, you will. It's really fun. And I've got the exact same today. So go become a Patreon. It costs you nothing, and it's lots of fun. Well, it does cost you something. Well, it does. Yeah, sorry. But <laughs> emotionally, it doesn't cost you anything. Financially, a little bit. Just but that's okay. It's <laughs> a tiny bit. It doesn't cost you anything aside from what it costs. But otherwise, it's it doesn't cost you a thing. I'm okay? misleading. Okay. <laughs> we have to have the fine print. All right. But just fine. Pull a two. Why it. not? Okay. Yeah, pull it pull a two. <laughs> And last but not least, this week's Boopod Network feature podcast is the one, the only, Stephen from Haunted UK podcast, which, come on, Kate. Yeah, too good. The too Daddy. flipping good. Yeah. Hey, Stephen. Love you. Or Steve? Stephen? Steve? Steve! Steve! Stephen! I should check that out because... I'm so used to looking oh, at our contact right. sheet for Boopod Network and it's like, yep. it's all very formal. and It, it is looks, all very formal. <laughs> you know, it looks like a certain thing, but then it's like, yeah, Steve, which is, no, Steve. Yeah. Steve. 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 Uh, Steve, here is your Haunted UK <laughs> podcast. Are you interested in stories of ghosts, poltergeists and the paranormal? Do you love an amazing tale of an unsolved mystery? A strange disappearance? How about a UFO encounter or even a first-hand sighting of a creature that should only exist in your nightmares? Why not join us over at the Haunted UK podcast where every two weeks we delve deep into the tales of the strange and unusual, the unsolved and the downright weird. The Haunted UK podcast is available on all major platforms, as well as being on Instagram and Coffee. So why not give us a follow and get involved with the show? Thanks for listening, and we really hope that you'll join us for our next episode. And on that note, it's back to the show. <laughs> the name Stephen reminds me of my, one of my family's most favorite Instagram, TikTok, social media videos. And it's when a woman comes outside and there's a white horse lying on the ground <laughs> and she goes, Stephen! And then Stephen p- picks his head up and she goes, I thought you were dead. <laughs> That's it. Watch that. It's pretty good. <laughs> there's Stephen the horse. Stephen the horse is really good. There is also the animals that talk. And yes. And there's the... Badger or mm-hmm. something that's like Stephen. Steve, yeah, Steph. I think it's a, it's like a um, chipmunk or prairie dog. Prairie dog. Mm. That just reminds me of Austin Powers and prairie <laughs> dogging. But... <laughs> yep. Let's and move then on. That, that reminds me of Gold pa- Goldfinger. Oh man, that's so much, so much happening. But hey. love this cake because oh. as we talk about prairie dogs, 
Yes. We are on today's topic, book, bit of book. I haven't even looked at today's topic, so I'm going to be as shocked as our listeners. Okay. Today's topic is inspired by one of my good duties, Jordan, the one that got recently engaged in the Philippines. Congratulations, Jordan. Is this uh, Sergeant's Tipsters? Yes, Sarge, yeah, Sergeant's Tipsters fame. Guys, we're talking about a celeb in yeah. the footy tipping world. <laughs> Scum of the footy tipping world. <laughs> More like it. But we went away for the weekend recently and we were talking about fears. So today's episode, the theme is Night of a Thousand Mice. Oh, I don't like the idea of that. <laughs> You're unless, unless mice is a cocktail, Mm-mm-mm. and w- no, it's not. Mm-mm. Okay, it's Mm-mm. not a, a fat like a boutique um, nose candy that we can. <laughs> yeah, just put a bit of bread and wine up your bit, nose, yeah. and you'll be <laughs> right as rain. Just singe, singe some orange peel, and you'll be ace. No, this. Fear is, or phobia, I should say, is totally based off of Jordan Sargent's biggest phobia. And oh my God. Why we haven't done it. The last time we did anything close to this was our Creepy Crawlies episode. <clears throat> if you remember, Kate, with all mm-hmm. the photos. Mm-hmm. Don't worry, cool. I won't be showing you photos Good. live. Oh, cool. But, but they'll t- be on our socials. Yeah, but today yeah. I'm going to go through the fear of mice and rats and everything mice rat related i am here for it do you know just on rats i have been i my have background shows that i put on when i'm eating or doing things i don't need to concentrate on and mash is my current background show uh and there's an episode right now where there's a fever running through the 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 place and they're like yeah chris we think that there's bloody rats are doing it the rat poison things we gotta kill them Well, let's get into, I mean, yeah. this does not scare me even in the slightest, but I'm sure there's someone listening right now that's like, oh my God, you're going to talk yeah, about mice. they're not into, I never understood the squealing with mice yeah. thing. Well, I'm not a mice squealer. Here we go. Let's ex- unpack it, shall we? Unpack. Okay. Fear of mice and rats is one of the most common specific phobias. I'm hitting all the big ones, Kate. You are. Why like, would you even pretend like you're not? Because you are. You're doing yeah. a great job. Did dentophobia, I, you know, at this rate, fuck the tooth. I'm going to see a mice in my apartment. Fuck the tooth. Fuck yeah. that. T- okay, got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it is sometimes referred to as musophobia. Musophobia? Musophobia uh, or murophobia. Um, really can't quite delineate the taxonomic uh, adjective, murai, okay. which is that is the family of uh Muridae, which encompasses mice and rats, and it's, okay. it's Latin for mouse rat. So, yep, mouse rat. There you go. Love it. So, muso or murophobia. Um, it, it's also seen as suriophobia. Anyway, it's all different. I like musophobia. Yeah. Although not a fear of moose. No, love moose. Or mm. museophobia, which is music. Yeah. So. Oh damn. Okay, don't get those two mixed up. No. So the, like, yeah, one's sorry. Great. <laughs> yeah, one's great. It's like you come in and you put on some uh, some music, and they're like, "Guys, it's fine. I got rid of my pet rat." And then you put some music on, and they, everyone starts freaking out. <laughs> no, museophobia, not musophobia. No, the world implodes. <laughs> yeah. Now, the phobia as an unreasonable and disproportionate fear is distinct from reasonable concern about rats and mice contaminating food supplies, which may potentially be universal to all times, places and cultures where there's stored grain and food, which Mm -hmm. obviously attracts rodents. Yes. And if we then consume it, it's contaminated, it's not good for our bodies, blah, blah, blah. That's reasonable. This is a disproportionate fear beyond something like that. Yeah. So in many cases, a phobic fear of mice is a socially induced condition response. Really good example of this. And arachnophobia is another example of this. I have that. Combined with and originated in the startle response. Hmm. Kate, into the psychology of it all. And I think this is where people really understand why things maybe like spiders or mice or things like that. 
it is what's called the startle response. And that is a totally natural response to an unexpected stimulus. Okay. Okay. So yep. when you get a really big fat bill from the tax place. <laughs> yes. Or the dentistry office. Or the dentistry. Fuck it off. I can't. I can't. <laughs> It's triggering you. I'm so sorry. The poor lady at reception was just like, are you okay? And I'm like, what do you think? I just dropped $1,500 on a fucking mistake. Someone else went in. (laughs) See you in two weeks. See ya. See you soon, Janet. Have a bloody nice night. I think her name is Janet too. (laughs) Oh, is it? Oh, bless. Hi, Janet. Shout out. Hmm. All right. So that's when you are, because I get this a lot. Um, I'm walking from my car to my back door. And I have one spider whose name's Bernard. Now, Bernard is a a golden orb spider. He's a garden spider, oh, so he's okay. We, we like, like him, him because he catches the, the mesquites and the flays. Uh, flays, yep, flays. Uh, and he looks after my garden. He's fine. Now, he knows that when I come through my garage, like, he needs to just chill. He can't be moving around because then I'll be like, <gasps> Which I assume is that's the startle that's the response. Startle response. Yeah, so I get that a lot. But Bernard and I have had a conversation, so we're okay. He still exists. If I catch, do you know what? That I'll try and catch a picture of Bernard so we can put it on our socials um, yeah. at some stage. But I'm just likening that to that startle yeah, response. Very much so. So it's okay. really important. It's very common. Like a startle response is very common in. Most animals, not just humans, right? If you yeah. scare a red panda, there's that amazing meme on that red panda. Yes. Or it. <gasps> totally well, those goats. What about the goats that just flip up on their backs and their legs up? Fainting goats. Like, startle response is perfectly natural and normal. It's really important yeah. that we understand that. Yeah. But that is not a real disorder. So at the same time, as is common with specific phobias, an occasional fright may give rise to an abnormal anxiety and that's when it may you know that's where it escalates from start of response into a full-blown anxiety and then that might require treatment and things like that so okay it's just Mm -hmm. good for people to understand that progression that continues. yes okay okay moving on a mouse a mouse is a small rodent we've talked about a lot of different rodents already in this we have episode. yeah characteristically mice are known to have a pointed snout small rounded cute ears a body length uh a body length scaly tail so the t- the length of their tail is also the length of their body Ooh, and they have is a, that the same as like um you know from your elbow to your to your wrist is should the be size your of foot your size. dingling oh your oh. foot size yeah that's right um wait hang my, on my... <laughs> jesus Catherine. I mean, on a good day, maybe. (laughs) Who have I I been hanging out with, more importantly, where that's been the measure? Or have I just been disappointed my whole life for that reason? (laughs) Where I'm standing there like, nah, sorry, mate. There's a lot of our listeners. (laughs) Not for me. Foot. Sorry, foot. 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 Got you. Thank you. Which also There's a wiener one, surely. There is a wiener one, which is the size of your feet, which, again. Oh, this. Wait, what? If you've got big feet, you're meant to have a big... Oh, okay. So if you do have a big distance from your elbow to your wrist, okay, forget it. Do you know what? Also, who gives a shit? And speaking of, mice have high breeding rates. They do. Yes. So the best known mouse species is the common house mouse. House mouse. Mus musculus in Latin. Mus musculus. Yep. Mus musculus. Now, mice are also popular as pets, and in some places, certain kinds of field mice are locally common. So, in Australia, we know a lot about this. Oh, we have mice everywhere. Yeah, they are known to invade homes for food and shelter. Mm -hmm. Now, mice are typically distinguished from rats by their size. Generally, when a muroid rodent is discovered, that's, yeah, it's a mouse, or Mm -hmm. of the family of mouse, its common name includes the term mouse if it is smaller or rat if it is larger. Okay. So, yeah. Do you know, now that you're saying all of these things, the sheer amount of mice and rat stories that are popping into my head, uh, there's a lot of them. Personal stories. I'm going to just jot them down. If we've got time at the end, I'll share. Let's do it. Or let's put it in our special Brickinet episode, which you can often listen to if you uh, become a patron. 
is a great idea. We're doing that. All right, I have four. I've got four already. There's probably going to be more. So you better sign up to Patreon right now so you can listen. Now, domestic mice sold as pets often differ substantially in size from the common house mice, mouse. This is attributable to breeding and different conditions in the wild. The best known strain of mouse is the white lab mouse. Obviously, it's white in color. It has more uniform traits that are appropriate to its use in research, which we will get into in a second. Cats, wild dogs, foxes, birds of prey, snakes, and even certain kinds of arthropods, your favorite, Kate, have been Mm -hmm. known to prey heavily upon mice. Despite this, mice populations remain plentiful because they have a high breeding rate due to its remarkable adaptability to almost any environment. The mouse is one of the most successful mammalian genera living on earth today. So props to mice. They're pretty fucking cool. They are pretty cool. Yeah. Now, in certain contexts, mice can be considered vermin. Yes. What a great word. (laughs) You're vermin. I also refer to dentists as vermin. Yeah. Okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. (laughs) Now, vermin are a major source of crop damage. If you're in Australia, we know all about that. Mm-hmm. as they are known to cause structural damage and spread disease. Mice spread disease through their feces and are often carriers of parasites. In North America, breathing dust that has come in contact with mouse excrement has been linked to hantavirus, which may lead to hantavirus pulmonary syndrome, HPS. Primarily nocturnal animals, mice compensate for their poor eyesight with a keen sense of hearing. Oh, Mouskowitz. <laughs> oh, American no. tail. Somewhere out there beneath the Take it away, Chelsea. Chelsea and Jess are living (laughs) right now. (laughs) That's American Tale, by the way, folks. Yes, about a Jewish mouse. It's so flippin' good. And I was going to do my pop culture reference as uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade in that. I mean, that's a good one. That's a good one. But how did I not do American Tale? I'll have to go back. Oh, oh my God. I want to watch American Tale again now because I haven't seen it in so long. So good. Fievel. Fievel. Um, so they depend on their sense of smell to locate food yep. and avoid predators. So they've got hearing and they've got smell. In the wild, mice are known to build intricate burrows, and these burrows have a long entrance and are equipped with escape tunnels. Escape! Escape! Do you know what's funny that you say this? I don't – I've never imagined up until this point – I mean, obviously I know that mice need to live somewhere – but I never, if you had have asked me 45 seconds ago, where do mice live? I would have just been like under houses, in yeah. cupboards, in roofs, in wall cavities. And I'm sure they do live there. But if they are not in a house in someone's home, I never thought about where they're, where they would live. Yeah. And they're living in little burrows, little, yeah. little intricate systems of tunnels and whatnot. Yeah. Huh. There you go. What's really interesting on this is that in in at least one species of mice, the architectural design of a burrow, they've been able to measure this. There, there is a genetic trait passed on by lineages of mice where they build their burrows in the same architectural design. Like Stop they it. pass that on genetically. How fucking cool is that? Oh my god. It's, mice are smart. Yeah. It's weird. So they can, the scientists are just like, oh, this is definitely a Watson burrow. You can tell this is a Watson burrow. <laughs> oh, and that, that's definitely a Johnson burrow, yep. as you can see. Wow. But also imagine stumbling upon that and discovering that as a scientist. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. That's wild. You've got to give him credit. You do. You have to. Now, diet. Let's, what do mice yes. eat? Tell me. Okay. Now, in nature, mice are largely herbivores, consuming any kind of fruit or grain from plants. However, mice adapt well to urban areas and are known for eating almost all types of food scraps. Mm. In captivity, mice are commonly fed commercial pelleted mouse diet. So it's a little pellety shit. Like a little, yeah, yeah. 
These diets are nutritionally complete, but they still need a large variety of vegetables. Now, despite popular belief, most mice do not have a special appetite for cheese. I was going to ask about cheese. I'm glad you went there. Yeah, they will only eat cheese for lack of a better option. Wow. So it's not like they're against it. It's just it's not a naturally occurring type thing. It's like another food scrap. Yeah, we can blame. Do you know who we can blame for this? Walt Disney. Feifel. Oh, not Feifel. He's allowed to have cheese if he wants. Sure. Little Feifel Mouskowitz. He's he can do it. Mouse. Mickey Mouse. And and uh, Walt Disney. Yeah, Walt Disney. Well, Walt Disney. Psycho. Anyway. Golly. But Mm. that's yeah. I kind of feel like I knew that, but at the same time, I'm yeah. It's interesting. We'll take something else. Yeah. Now. Humans, how do we interact with mice? Rarely. Well, as experimental animals, let's just, okay. you know, before we start hating on mice, let's just uh, chalk up the scoreboard on who mistreats whom in this yes. relationship, shall we? Yep, I think I'll put a little pros-cons column together yeah. right now. Now, mice are common experimental animals in laboratory research of biology and psychology fields, primarily because they are mammals. And also because they share a high degree of homology with humans. Hmm. Do you want to have a guess of what homology is? Um, Homology. Homonus. Yeah, our our DNA. No, I don't know. So in biology, homology is similarity. Failed biology. Yeah, I I love biology. It was one of the (laughs) only ones I was good at. Oh, I failed real bad. That's okay. I could never get my head around the hypothesis. I was like, I, I don't, uh, you're trying to tell me what I'm just about to do. Can I just do it and then do it afterwards? No, no, no. You're going to do a hypothesis before you go into I was like, I've had enough. I'm going to go to the back to the drama room. Goodbye. <laughs> All right. Well, I got you covered, Kate. Thank you. In biology, homology is similarity <laughs> due to shared ancestry between a pair of structures or genes. So a common example of homologous structures is the forelimbs of vertebrates. So where the wings of bats and birds or the arms of primates. Okay. So. (laughs) Okay. Because what I thought when you initially said that was at some point in history, a human and a mouse (laughs) got together. (laughs) Not quite. Okay. Just checking. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Kate's <laughs> just picturing someone fucking me now. I'm like, how does it work? <laughs> you better not have a dick the size of your forearm because that shit ain't gonna work. <laughs> Poor mouse. Okay, oh, let's leave okay. Kate there to go through that, folks, <laughs> and we're just gonna yeah. continue on. All right, I'm focused now. I'm good. Now they. <laughs> <laughs> They are the most commonly used mammalian model organism. They're even more common than rats. So we use mice more than anything, any other species in the world Uh to do all of our medical research. (laughs) Sorry, another thought. (laughs) No. No, about um, animal testing and how whenever I was a kid, I'd look at the stuff and it's like it's not tested on animals. So you get like a lipstick (laughs) and you assume it's the (laughs) Yeah, they put it on their little lips. I know it's awful, but I think of it's funny <laughs> if they have their <laughs> tiny little mouse lips and they got lipstick on Those them, and that's lips. how they tested them. Yeah, not where they pumped them full of chemicals and and killed a whole bunch of them in a really cruel, cruel and inhumane way. But if you imagine them with little lipstick on their little lips, that's what I thought was funny. Totally fair. It is. <laughs> Now, you may not realize this, but the mouse genome has been fully sequenced and virtually all mouse genes have human homologs. So like how we're very, you know, similarly related to things like pigs and primates and stuff like that. We're also, there's a connection to mice. That's so cool. So, you know, when you see a mice, you're not too far away. That's a distant, distant 
cousin of yours. A distant, distant relative. <laughs> now, the mouse has approximately 2.7 billion base pairs and 20 pairs of chromosomes. They can also be manipulated in ways that are illegal with humans. So the whole oh. joke about growing a human ear on uh, the back of a mouse or a rat, that's actually based in science. Yeah. yeah. Far out. Now, that's obviously illegal and animal rights and activists and whatever, you know, we mm-hmm. don't, it's a mm-hmm. no-no. Yeah. Now, a knockout mouse is a genetically modified mouse that has had one or more of its genes made inoperable through a gene knockout. So that's another thing if you're interested. You can actually do that with mouse. Okay. Yeah. I wouldn't know where to begin. Yeah. Now, reasons for common selection of mice are that they are small and inexpensive and have widely varied diet and easily maintained and can reproduce quickly. So you think about it. What think of all the animals in the world that we could potentially test on for things that are going to be affected to humans? It mm-hmm. obviously needs to be homo- a homologue of us, or it needs to have similar homology. It needs to be cheap, small, fuck fast, yep. reproduce fast, <laughs> all those sorts of things. Like, yeah, yeah, there really isn't any other species out there that fits the bill that can fit the bill yeah yeah as horrible as that sounds and well that's it it is it's just horrible yeah there's a reason why we we go with mice um several generations of mice can be observed in a relatively short period of time as well so we think about you know also life expectancy and reproduction rates so again think of it as all just happening in a very fast on fast forward, we can yeah. It's a fast so forward time. We can so yeah. That's right about their whole family tree. Yeah, and mice are generally very docile if raised from birth and given sufficient human contact. However, certain strains have been known to be quite temperamental, so there are breeds mm. of mice. Mm-hmm. Now, mice as pets. Many people buy mice as companion pets, and I've known a few people that have mice as pets, and my god, they're the best fucking pets. I love them. They can be playful, loving, and can grow used to being handled like pet rats. I've also played with pet rats before. Okay. Pet mice should not be left unsupervised outside as they have any natural, they have many natural predators, including but not limited to birds, snakes, lizards, cats, and dogs. Mm-hmm. And male mice tend to have a stronger odor than the females. We're stinkier. Okay. So, however, mice are careful groomers and as pets, they never need bathing. And well-looked-after mice can make ideal pets. Some common mouse care products, we don't need to go in. That's fine. Fuck that. <laughs> Let's just leave that dumb. Okay. They sound good, though, as pets. Yeah, they're so cute. They're little. They're soft. They're yeah. friendly. Like, oh, they're so cuddly. Okay. I don't want one as a pet. That's but fine. I understand why people would. Think of it as like a little baby duck. You know, like little baby chicks? They're pretty much yes. exactly like holding a little baby chick, except it's a little baby mouse. They do the okay. exact same thing. They're yep. just as soft, just as small. Gotcha. gotcha. If you can do a baby chick, you can do a baby mouse. Now, mice are a staple in the diet of many small carnivores. In various countries, mice are used as feed for pets such as snakes, lizards, frogs, tarantulas, and birds of prey. And many pet stores carry mice for this purpose alone. Yeah. Yeah. So mice are sold in various sizes with various amounts of furs and mice without fur are easier for the animal to consume. However, mice with fur may be more convincing as animal feed. But aren't the mice without fur the real baby ones? Mm-hmm. That's not okay. You can't give the infants ones to the snacks. Oh, yeah. That's how oh. mice are treated. You can go buy a frozen bag of baby mice. Oh. I don't want to do that. Like, come on, folks. Let's just get it. I, I get it. You got a pet snake or something. You got to feed them somehow. But I yeah. just think the treatment of mice. If you did that to baby elephants, for fuck's sake. Yeah. It would take serious? a lot longer for the snake to eat it. But <laughs> it, it was just as bad. But we would ju- we would be just as abhorrently, you know, mm. come on. I think there's just some double standards. Now, this might freak some folks out, but humans have eaten mice since prehistoric times. Okay. In, in more recently, in Victorian Britain, fried mice were still given to children as a folk remedy for bedwetting. 
we went through home remedies last week and they don't, there's better ways. There's yep. better ways to do things. Okay. Don't eat mice for bedwetting. Yep. Fried mice. Now, a certain someone named Jared Diamond reports a creamed mice being used in England as a dietary supplement during World War II rationing. If anything in a recipe says or a, a menu item says creamed, I yeah. do not want it. Yeah, true. I don't want it. And then throw mice in the mix? No, I really don't want it. Yeah. Another example, mice are a delicacy throughout eastern Zambia and northern Malawi, where they are a seasonal source of protein. Mm -hmm. if you can. This is that whole argument of why we should be eating insects. When I was in Thailand recently, I got to eat so many different insects like ants and grasshoppers and stuff like that. And per weight, per kilo or whatever, mm. there's more protein in grasshoppers than there is in any other source of protein out there. Granted, you're not going to eat, you know, like 300 grams of red meat, beef, steak or whatever versus 300 grams of, of grasshoppers. grasshoppers. Like uh -huh. that's not, you know, we're not in the same field of space and consumption, right? I get that. Sure. But if you ground down grasshoppers, if you made a steak out of grasshoppers, yeah. It was 300 grams, you would be getting way more protein. Way more than protein. What, yeah. So okay. eating insects, it's like this argument that a source of protein, there's way better sources of protein. And just the same argument why we use mice for testing and mm -hmm. experiments. Uh, mice are easier to grow than fucking cows. Yeah. Or land. Yeah. Or mice anything, are yes. easier to grow than fucking cows. Yeah. So why isn't there a mouse section at the grocery store like yeah. So I'm getting on my high horse Full here. circle. Oh, <laughs> I went to the football on Saturday night <clears throat> and there was a man behind me having a conversation for the entire game about uh, this woman who was at their work and then she moved to Warrnambool because the culture was – he used the term <laughs> – they were having this, like, serious conversation. He goes, no, look, I don't want to get on my hobby horse about this, <laughs> but I think I have to. <laughs> and so I wanted to turn around and be like, I think you mean high horse? Yeah, duh. No. He decided hobby, hobby horse, horse was where he's at. So Dom, you stay on your hobby horse for this whole episode. I you, will. This is this is your episode. I would just all I'm saying is, folks, eat mice instead of other things. If you yes, mice. yeah. Uh, obviously, this has changed over time. And mouse mice meat and mice are not really something that we encourage or is seen in every day, especially Western culture. Now, prescribed cures in ancient Egypt included mice as medicine. In ancient Egypt, when infants were ill, mice were eaten as a treatment by their mothers. It was believed that mouse eating by the mother would help heal the baby who was ill. So through breast milk. Breast milk, okay. Chest milk. Yep. Breast milk, I, okay. Maybe getting, no, nah, we're getting sidetracked here. Okay. <laughs> I was going to have a whole diversity and inclusion. I was just about to say. Breast, you, chest. You got milk. another hobby horse out. <laughs> oh, here we go. I'm not going to open that can of worms because that's a new frontier, folks. And okay. Okay. Anyway, so that concludes my little information about mice. All right. Let's end on mice chest milk. Great. Egyptian chest milk. Yeah. Take a or breath. Maybe sickness. Because we're about to get into rats. Rat-a-tat-tats. Ratatouille. I hope you will talk about ratatouille because oh my god, I mean, talk about pop culture reference. Fuck me, I was sitting here. <laughs> that going, one's got rat in the title too. I was sitting here going, "What's a movie about bloody mice or bloody rats?" And I couldn't yeah. think of. Ratatouille is a big one. Ratatouille, star of the show. See, I would have thought of that if it wasn't for my fucking tooth. Well, exactly. So <sighs> you can't blame anybody. Oh my god. <laughs> You You're tell, okay I'm today. Really, I'm <laughs> in so much pain. And You're so irked. I was looking at, um, but here, does this help? I was looking at some uh, trips to Fiji and uh, the cost of you for one session of your toothness is almost my whole trip to Fiji. Yeah. And on that note, I'm having to give up my art studio. I'm having to move out of my art studio, which is something I have spent oh. months trying to get. 
but all my rent and budget for my art studio for the rest of this year has now been spent on a fucking tooth. No. So I'm now without an art studio. So like there is this some is, serious sort of like I'm pissed off about Yeah, it. there's there's serious ramifications for this yeah. nonsense from your tooth. Anyway, okay. let's talk about rats. Talk to me about rats, Dom. Let's change the subject. I don't want you to be in pain anymore. <laughs> Pain's part of life. Just <laughs> embrace it. Now, okay. rats. Rats are various medium-sized, long-tailed rodents. So we discussed about the difference between a rat and a mouse. Uh-huh. Species of rats are found throughout the order of rodentia, but stereotypical rats are found in the genus Rattus. So there's a slightly different genus from the previous one we were just talking about. Let's yep. not get latin about it. That's all right. Um, but if you think about it, don't think of rats as just the scary, ugly rats. There's also like the rattus genus is really huge. Like the bandicoot. What? The bandicoot is part of, yeah. That's also a rat. There's also kangaroos. Kangaroo rats and kangaroos are also part and linked to the rattus genus. Blah, 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 blah. Okay. So this is a big group, but everyone always just focuses in on the small little scary New York subway rats. But we need to be really, really careful because it's a There's big so many different family. kinds. It's a big genus. That you really like. So every time you go yeah. cuddle a kangaroo, be like, well, it's just a giant well, fucking rat. It's just so a big rat. Get over it. <laughs> it's so, just a big rat. Sake. I have another pop culture refo for you. Oh, here we <laughs> on go. On a sidebar. Go back to the 90s. Uh, the TV show The Ferals with Rattus the Rat <gasps> and Medigliana the Cat. Medigliana the Cat. Oh. And what was the, what was the, they called one of them after a poison that was used to kill the rabbits? Oh, they did too. Um, Moxie. Um, Moxie, yes, Moxie. <laughs> what the hell? I forgot that they called him. Oh, my God. Kate talks about this consistently, Kate. But, folks, if you've never heard of The Ferals, it is it- like puppet show oh my god yeah it's a puppet show but it was always a bit a bit off as well and it was on the abc here which is like you know pbs or bbc um and it's like 90 it was 94 to 95 holy moly moxitosis moxitosis was the poison that was in mixitosis yes mixy mixy the the bunny mixy mtosis is what and they Her brought it in. Is. This was legit, folks. They brought in myxomatosis to kill off the the plague of uh, rabbits in Australia. And this fucking show was so oh, genius. They're like, well, we're going to call the, the rabbit character myxomatosis. Yeah. It's so fucking oh, brilliant. Oh, my God. That is great. And there's a dog named Darren. Oh, oh far out. I don't need to watch episodes of this show. So good. Go back. I love it. Watch the ferals. Okay, I'm yeah. changing okay. all the pop culture Sorry, guys. <laughs> We'll talk more about that really after. Excited. Okay, we're talking about rats, rats. but it's a big genus. There's a lot of thing we do. Yes, yeah, I digress. Now, rats are typically distinguished from mice by their size. Usually the common name of a large muroid rodent will include the word rat, while a smaller muroid's name will include mouse. So that's pretty much it, folks. That's all you really need to know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the best known rat species are the black rat, ratus ratus. Rattus rattus. And the brown rat, Rattus novigicus. Okay. Novigicus, yeah. This group, generally known as the old world rats or true rats, originated in Asia. Now, rats are bigger than most old world mice, which are their relatives, but seldom weigh over 500 grams in the wild. The term rat is also used in the names of other small mammals that are not true rats. Example include the northern American pack rats, or aka wood rats. They're imposter rats. Yep, and a number of species loosely called kangaroo rats, uh, and rats such as the bandicoot rat are murine rodents related to true rats but are not members of the genus Rattus. So it's all just really complicated with folks, but they're related. They're just not directly. Male rats are called bucks. Right. Like a buck, like a deer man, a deer man. Unmated females are called does. Right. Pregnant or parent females are called dams. And infants are called kittens or pumps. Pups. 
Right. And a group of rats is referred to as what, Kate? A fuckload. <laughs> a nightmare. <laughs> a nightmare. It's called a, a mischief. A mischief? A oh, mischief that's my rat. middle name. Mm-hmm. Now, the common species are opportunistic survivors and often live with and near humans. Therefore, they are known as commensals. So that means they it's kind of like having a a relationship with another animal, you know, fish that swim oh, alongside yes. other fish or whatever. Yeah. 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 They may cause substantial food losses, especially in developing countries. However, the widely distributed and problematic commensal species of rats are a minority in this diverse genus. Many species of rats are island endemics, some of which have become endangered due to the habitat loss or competition with brown, black or Polynesian rats. Wild rodents, including rats, can carry many different zoonotic pathogens such as Lipsteria, Taxoplasma gondii and Campylobacter. Oh, my God, that sounds like a lap Campylobacter. Um, The Black Death is traditionally believed to have been caused by the microorganism, um, which occurs uh, by the fleas that that are often associated and in close contact with tropical rats, Mm -hmm. um, which preyed on black rats during and living the European cities during the epidemic of outbreaks of the Middle Ages. These rats were used as transport hosts and another zootonic disease linked to the rat is the foot and mouth disease. What is really interesting about the Black Death, folks, and I put this in our socials, Kay, is that it yes. was not the fault of rats. Oh, the rats got a bad rap. They did. It was actually our own feces and lice and things that we as humans came into <sighs> contact with. We always we- have to find someone else to blame. Yep. So it was actually our dirty, dirtiness that did it. Now, rats, just like mice, um, become sexually mature at age six weeks. So imagine that. (laughs) Wowee. They don't waste any time. No, but they reach social maturity at about five to six months of age. The average lifespan of rats varies by species, but many only live about a year due to predation. Oh, okay. I mean, well, then that makes sense. Quick, in and out, one year. That's all you got, folks. That's all you need. Now, as pets, specifically bred rats have been kept as pets at least since the late 19th century. Pet rats are typically variants of the species brown rat, but black rats and giant pouched rats are also sometimes kept. Pet rats behave differently from their wild counterparts depending on how many generations they have been kept as pets. Pet rats do not pose any more of a health risk than pets such as cats or dogs. Tamed rats are generally friendly and can be taught to perform selective behaviours. So they're no different. Like you go to a developing country and you see cats and dogs running around and they're feral. Yeah. They're as much a risk to you as a, as a rat as, or as a, a rat. mouse is oh. because of their unkeptness, their feces, their fleas, their lice, their blah, blah, blah. It's ex- all the exact same. The people just have a bad, they just have a bad rap again. Exactly. So unfair. Now, selective breeding has brought about different colour and marking varieties in rats. Genetic mutations have also created different fur types such as rex and hairless. A hairless rat is not that pretty, but hey. No. A hairless cat's not that pretty. Yep. And I love hairless cats. I think they're they're weirdly pretty. Okay. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm all for things that are not typically pretty. Okay. And a hairless. Yeah, why not? I that sounds very wrong. Oh, God. To That's that. actually much better coming from you than me because I could lose my job. Sure. Yeah, sorry. So I didn't say that for sure. Anyway, I'm going to... No, I hear what you're saying. Can... I didn't take it that way. No. Uh, congenital malformation in selective breeding have created the Dumbo rat, a Ooh. popular pet choice due to their low saucer-shaped ears. Aww. Aww. Do you remember, Kate, when I got called Dumbo as a kid because I had such big ears? I do. Yeah. yeah. Cool. I actually think it's really endearing. Okay. That's good. I'm glad. Uh, okay. So there we go. Oh, by the way, they do have rat shows and kind of like what they do with 
cows and things like studs and horses and blah 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 blah. Yeah. You can have that for rats as well. Oh like, there's <laughs> breeding events and things and like there's rats that are hired out as studs and stuff or whatever so which i think that's really cool oh my god dumbo rats are kind of cute yeah now for scientific research as well rats also are included in this bucket so in 1895 clark university in worcestershire massachusetts established a population of domestic albino brown rats to study the effects of diet and for other physiological studies. Over the years, rats have been used in many experimental studies, adding to our understanding of genetics, diseases, the effects of drugs, and other topics that have provided a great benefit for the health and well-being of humankind. So thank your motherfucking rats. Thank you, rats. The aortic arches of the rat are among the most commonly studied in neurone models due to marked anatomical homology to the human cardiovascular system. So heart stuff, rats mm-hmm. are our friend. All people with heart shit, you better thank rats because you would not have the treatment that you do now without rats. If it wasn't for rats. Both rat and human aortic arches exhibit subsequent branching of the blah, 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 left of blah, 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 yep. as well as blah, 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 blah. It's all just the fucking same. Great. Aortic they have helped us with yes. all of our heart issues and other medical things it's pretty impressive like all the med- medications surgeries things like that we pretty much have to thank for i mean pigs have to have, thank rats for that pigs have helped as well but rats okay. too but rats are big time they've also done that with the rats larynx has been used in experimentations that involve inhalation toxicity allograph rejection and eradicate uh, irradiation responses so anything to do with cancers and the larynx and Breathing, asthma, Kate. (gasps) Asthma. Thank a rat. It's also done around um, ear stuff, around cartilage stuff, around um, muscle stuff. Like literally. That's amazing. Anything you can really think of, the rats have assisted in. So many. Making us better. Yeah. It's it's pretty crazy. I should say use that word, intense. Yeah. Now, I'm not going to go through all that because we're running out of time, but general intelligence around rats. Early studies found evidence both for and against measurable intelligence using what they call the G factor in rats. Interesting. (laughs) Part of the difficulty of understanding animal cognition generally is determining what to measure. One aspect of intelligence is the ability to learn, which can be measured using a maze like the T-maze. Experiments done in the 1920s showed that some rats performed better than others in maze tests, and if these rats were selectively bred, their offspring also performed better, suggesting that rats that in rats an ability to learn was heritable in some way. So okay. same with the architecture of... Uh, the mice house? Barrows. The mouse house, yes. It's just really impressive. We can learn from that evolution type thing, how certain species of things would pass things on, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Now, rat meat is a food that, while taboo in some cultures, is a dietary staple in others. So unlike mice, rats, because of their size, are actually more commonly accepted and used for a source of protein. Okay. Interesting. Working rats. Now, rats have been used as working animals before, Kate. Tasks for working rats include the sniffing of gunpowder residue, demining, acting and animal-assisted therapy. Rats have a keen sense of smell and are easy to train. So you want to, like, landmines? Rats are a really good way of doing that. That's – oh, wow. Okay. These characteristics have been employed, for example, by the Belgian non-governmental organisation APOPO, which trains rats – specifically African giant pouch rats, to detect landmines and diagnose tuberculosis all through smell. Jeepers, creepers. I mean, how cool is that? That's so interesting. Yeah. They are very cool. They do heaps of cool shit. All right. I'm not going to go through pests. I think everybody is pretty aware of the famousness of sewer rats and all sorts of things. Especially yeah. in America. 
yep. I just want to really talk about spread of disease, just like in mice. Rats can serve as a zoonotic vectors for certain pathogens and thus spread disease, such as bubonic plague, Lassa fever, leptospirosis, and hantavirus. All of that stuff has been well yeah. and truly documented. And again, you know, it's not their fault. It's just because of their ability to breed so many of them unchecked. That's it. And they run around. They've got things to do. They're very busy, very busy animals. Now, really interesting, I'm going to finish on areas that are rat-free. So if you have a fear of rats, folks, listen to this last little segment and then we are done. Now, rats are found in nearly all areas of Earth which are inhabited by human beings. We talked about that before. The only rat-free continent is Antarctica, which is too cold for rat survival outdoors. And it's like if human habitation does not provide buildings to shelter them from the weather, nor food source. Mm -hmm. However, rats have been introduced to many of the islands near Antarctica. And because of their destructive effect on native flora and fauna, efforts to eradicate them are ongoing. In particular, Bird Island, just off rat-infested South Georgia Island, where breeding seabirds could be badly affected if rats were introduced, is subject to special measures and regularly monitored for rat invasions. As part of island restoration, some islands' rat populations have been eradicated to protect or restore the ecology. Howardax Island in Alaska was declared rat-free after 229 years and Campbell Island in New Zealand after almost 200 years. Huh. Brexy Island in New Zealand was declared rat-free in 1988 after an eradication campaign based on a successful trail, trial on the smaller Hawaii Island nearby. In 2015, January, an international rat team set sail for the Falkland Islands for the British Overseas Territory of South Georgia and the South Sandwich Islands on board a ship carrying three helicopters and 100 tonnes of rat poison and with the objective of reclaiming the island for its seabirds. Wow. Now, rats have wiped out more than 90% of the seabirds on South Georgia, and the sponsors hope that once the rats are gone, it will regain its former status as home to the greatest concentration of seabirds in the world. Holy frioli. Yeah, big deal. Uh Leave that one there. The Canadian province of Alberta is notable for being the largest inhabited area on earth which is free of true rats due to very aggressive government rat control policies. It has large numbers of native pack rats, also called bushy-tailed wood rats, but they are forest-dwelling vegetarians which are much less destructive than true rats. Okay. Forceful government control measures, strong public support and enthusiastic citizen participation continue to keep rat infestations to a minimum. The effectiveness has been aided by a similar but newer program in Saskatchewan, which prevents rats from even reaching the Alberta border. Alberta still employs an armed rat patrol to control rats along Alberta's borders. Do they get special, like, <laughs> jackets and badges? Imagine I hope so. <laughs> with little, like, rat with an X through it or something like that. Oh, <laughs> About 10 single rats are found and killed per year. Oh. And occasionally a large localised infestation has to be dug out with heavy machinery, but the number of permanent rat infestations is zero. So this is taken like, this is serious. This is serious business. And that, folks, for those that are afraid, is the end of my Musophobia episode. Can I ask you a question? Of course you can. When you said the night of a thousand mice, or rats. Is that from something? No, it's just I'm trying to think of a catchy way of scaring the shit out of people who are afraid I love of that. mice. And I just thought it was something because, again, it's not rare for me to not know what's going on <laughs> or to have missed a reference or I thought perhaps it was something almost biblical, but I was like, I don't know what it was for. I like it. I yeah, like it. I mean, you just think about it and how people think of plagues of mice. Yes. 
and you know, there's a night of a thousand anything, but yeah, uh, I oh, I'd yeah. Do a night of a thousand. I like nice. it. Thank you so much, Dom. I feel like I know more about mice and rats now than I ever thought to want to know. But that oh. was fascinating, particularly the stuff about the rats working. I know, right? And hopefully oh. now people feel just that little less. The more you know, I think you can even just like a smidge get that yeah. little bit better understanding of mice are not evil things. Yeah. They're just They're like cats, smart. dogs and everything else. And oh God. we do they give us a lot. Yeah. They yeah. actually give us more than what cats and dogs do. We should be much more grateful to, to mice than cats and That's dogs. That's true. Just I mean I I probably won't be, but we should be. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, Dom. I really enjoyed that. And if you are a Patreon subscriber, we have, well, I have three stories. I thought I had four. I've only got three. Three stories that I want to tell you about uh, personal mice rat stories. Um, (laughs) And then we have to do some more pop culture as well, which we can do. We've talked a bit about it throughout the episode, but Sign up for Patreon. We're going to go and talk about some stuff immediately right now so that our special listeners get special things. Yeah, so tune in. And uh, for those that don't, snooze you lose. Sorry to miss you, but tune in next week because Kate's coming back with a mega story. It is a mega story. Is it a surprise or is, are we going to share? Well, I mean, people will see the the title of it when it comes up. Um, and do you know what? It's quite a vague title because there's so much that I could talk about. Mm. Um, but something that I specialize in, the brain. So I'm going to be talking about the brain. But I'm going to be leaning into a little bit about things that the brain does that you're like, what the fuck? Like, yeah. how? what? And that's really what I'm going to focus in on. So if you want to hear about some weird shit that the brain does, Join us next week. Even if you don't want to hear about that, I promise you, regardless of the story we tell, we will be entertaining. So just come and have some fun with us. Let's just have a goddamn good time. Okay. All right, folks. We'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning in. Love you lots. Love you. That's a wrap. Big shout out to everyone for tuning in to Shit and Bricks. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us. Plus, you can find extra little nuggets on our socials. Next week, we'll be back talking more shit, so do not forget to tune in. And remember to wipe, flush, and wash your hands. Goodbye. Goodbye.